Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Hot as Hades. And today we're going to be doing reviews of Gutenberg and Messina 1347, and then just, you know, talking about some games and things like that. So thanks for joining us for episode 105. All right, residents of Meepletown, if you were here right now, you would see Dean wearing no clothes. You've done that before. Dean has... Really? Oh, you've done that, I would I would say, maybe three times now. I don't think so. No? Dean has... All All I see on Dean is sweat dripping off of him. Now, that and is true. And it's pooling in the floor <laughs> and in his chair. That is true. You turn the A off. A, A off. You turn the, <laughs> <laughs> the A C off. Your kids are listening to this right now. <laughs> you turn the A off. C, A, oh my goodness! You turn the A C off about thirty seconds ago, and I immediately started I sweating. Know. You know, whenever you're yowzers. I think I was outside or something the other day. You know, when you're sweating so bad that you get the like the ring on your butt. Because like all that sweat is just dripping off your back and like it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and you've like feel back there and it is like Mm -hmm. very ridiculous. Yeah. I am literally thinking by the end of this podcast, my shirt might be off. (laughs) It's at least going to probably be unbuttoned because you're right. (laughs) For those who don't know, I think a lot of people are experiencing this. Us in Tennessee... It is freaking hot outside. It is. Yes, it is. I'm seeing people posting temperatures in Texas too, which is pretty bad, huh? Yeah, yeah, real bad, real bad. This is um, this is not okay. I need to move north of here. I, you somewhere. Know, I, am I getting older? It's been it's been hotter than usual. I'm like literally thought to myself about that. Like I would rather be in a more temperate climate. I tried to convince my family. To up and move to Michigan last year. This is this is a, a completely serious thought. Really? Yeah, it got shot down pretty quickly. I bet they were like, absolutely no. But also, it's not always super cold up there. But I'm I'm considering at some point if I ever do retire, I'm gonna do the the reverse snowbird thing. I guess it's I guess it's not a reverse snowbird thing. It's You're what snowbirds go. do. But instead of like going south for the winter, I'm I'm fine being in Tennessee for the winter. But I'm gonna go up north for the summer. For the summer, that yeah. actually is uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, anyone out there that wants to say a prayer for Dean and I to survive. <laughs> it's, uh, if, if you just get like a lot of dead silence. First world point, problems. right here. We, we have passed out. <laughs> it is hot. Yes. The, the reason we turn the air conditioning off. Maybe we've mentioned this on another podcast because it's really loud in the room that we're on. I don't know. I don't if think anybody you would be would able notice. to hear it, especially if we edited some of that. But just for y'all. To make sure you get the premium quality of audio possible, we turn off and sweat our uh, backsides off. Yeah, I'll say that. I uh, okay. How how much have we recorded so far? I have sweat. Three on minutes. My shirt. Me too. My back yeah, is already sweating. It is into these brand new nice chairs that you have. I'm undoing a button. Oh god. <laughs> There All right, I'm going to do a poll. Over under how many times John has removed his shirt while recording the podcast. <laughs> over under five times. I don't know. <laughs> but every time it gets, I feel, I go, man, it's hot in here. I'm undoing another button. Oh, boy. So there it is. Okay, well, we need to get off this topic so we cannot do that anymore. Okay, well. Wh- <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got, though. That's all we have. So let's do a board game 
uh, challenge. Okay. So I do want to apologize to Meeple Town. I got in my shower this morning and said, and I was, you know, washing off and thought, uh, once again, I didn't do a poll. I got a, got a question for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the summertime, do you take cold showers? No. Hot showers all the time? Unless I come from outside and I'm really, really hot, then I'll take a cold shower. Okay. But if I've been in a regular room, regular temperature, yeah. You know what I do? You, do you care? I mean, moderately. Okay. Here's, this is a good tip for you, I think. So if I'm outside, a good example is I need to cut my grass soon. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, sometime in the next couple of days. And it's, Me too. And it's going to be hot when I do it. It'll be in the afternoon after I get home from work. What I typically do in the summer is I'll go inside. I'll take a hot shower because I always take hot showers. But then after I'm done with the shower part, I continually like lower the temperature of the water until it's as cold as I can stand it, basically. So it hopefully lowers my body temperature. So when I get out of the shower, I'm not like immediately sweating. Is that a good tip? Yeah, it's fine. I don't know how well it works because I'm still sweating usually, <laughs> but it helps a little bit, I think. Uh, yeah. I may have saved somebody today. That may have helped somebody. You may have saved somebody's life. I don't think so, but it's it's going to help them. They're going to be pleased with with that and think, oh, why have I not been doing that? Okay. Sounds good. You know, Are you going to try it? Uh, mm, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> I was really excited about that tip there, and now nothing. Okay, <clears throat> go ahead. Uh, well, what I was going to say a couple things. Number one, I was going to say, mm-hmm. and number two, I lost them both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, here's the thing: is I was looking up uh, a board game related question, you know, uh, challenge for Dean that we're about to embark upon. And now I'm starting to second guess if I did the right thing. But those have to be, that has to be labeled as that. So um, that's what got me off a little bit. Oh, I was going to... on the edge of our seats right now. I was going to say, it's really wonderful to have kids that are old enough to mow your yard for you. Oh, yeah. I haven't mowed my yard once this year. Is that right? That's exactly right. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I have to help my oldest with a weed eater because he's just... Weed eaters can be difficult. Oh, yeah. I actually, I like mowing. Or weed whacker, depending on where you're listening. Mm Mm-hmm. I like I like cutting my grass for the most part. I like having that time, quiet time. Either I'm, you know, just kind of lost in my thoughts or I've got some some AirPods in listening to some Meeple Town or something like that. Do you do board game strategies while you're on there? And you say, hmm, oh, I should have made that move in the other day against John. Well, no, because I don't lose against you, but maybe against, you know, <laughs> Jonathan, true. I'm thinking that. What are you looking at? You're looking all <laughs> over the... I'm looking at the paint on the walls. Oh, okay. I thought there was <laughs> like spiders over my head. Paint dry. I'm not. I just, I just, you know, whenever you paint something and you look at the spots that people missed and stuff. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Sorry, Meeple Town. My cousin helped us paint the Meeple Town room, and he just slops stuff everywhere. There is a spider over there. You see it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want you to guess. I think you can get a, a, most all of these. No. Okay. This is an easy one. Stop starting it off this that way. This is an way. easy one. You said that last time that you did this, and do you know how many I oh, got? Yeah, you're horrible at this I game. I am, so don't you're set terrible. me up that way. But this is, this is the easiest one I've given you. <laughs> BGG's top 10 strategy games. Strategy games? Okay. Labeled strategy. I don't know for what's those who haven't been podcast. Listening to our po- for those who haven't been podcast, listening to our podcast, this is the game in which you play along. Dean and you get three X's. I will tell you all of the games at the end. 
So you'll get to see how many you got correct. I'm tempted to cheat right now. If I got you, BGG right here. No, well, no. Face. It, it, stop over. You, Dean overthinks things a lot Number of times. Number one, Gloomhaven. Absolutely right. Number That's one. four, or three, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. That's right. I only know that because I, I, I saw that. I won't tell you that, what number that is. I saw that yet. this morning. Well, it was the number four, number four game. Yeah, it's, four. it's the number four game overall. So now if I can guess number two and three so overall. If, you have, if you've guessed two with no strikes, you're doing better than 90% of the time whenever you've done this. <laughs> that, that's true. It's usually like one come out of the gate strong, and then it's like, eh, eh, eh. Oh man! Here's the problem, though. I knew that Gloomhaven Jaws of the Line was number the oh number gosh. four game overall, but I didn't look to see what the number two and three games were overall. Yeah, well, that was a mistake. Pandemic Legacy is that somewhere Which in there? Season? Are you serious? Season one? <laughs> I'll give it to you no matter what. Yes. Okay. Yep. Unless they're both on there, which I don't think. So they you're are. three. You're three deep right now out of ten. Three out of ten with was no that X's. like number two or yeah? Interesting. Three deep with no X's. Terraforming Mars. Yep. Four. That's that that's number five. You've got four. This is the You one. have the one, two, three, four, and five right now. Oh, that was with number five. No X's. Ooh, I'm probably gonna miss that number three. You probably have already beaten most of your other games by getting four correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wanting to say that this, this is, is where the, in the, the train ten. falls off right here. Gaia Project. Isn't that in the top ten? Number nine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Boom. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that one. Okay. Well, I was looking at the top 10 maybe a couple months ago. Dang it. That was a mistake by me. Well, I mean, my memory is as good as yours. So let's go. Uh, go with Brass Birmingham. Number three. Yeah. Dang. You're going to get these. That is six out of 10. No, this this was too, I told you this was easy for you. This is where I'm going to stall out, though. Six out of 10 is still the best you've ever done. That is pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. And that's, that's, that's commendable. Let's go with... Oh, oh, isn't... Uh, I'm wanting to say somebody had just posted that the new Arc Nova popped in the top 10. Is that right? Arc Nova. Is that your guess? Arc Nova. Number seven. <laughs> is it number seven overall? That's ridiculous. Wow. Let's get some yeah, controversy I I, going. I thought I saw that this week. It's fine. It's a fine game. Okay, man, this is... I feel so much pressure. I'm sweating so much more right now. You have seven out of 10 <laughs> and you've not missed one. So I just need to ask, do more board game related polls and you'll do better? Oh, man. Feast for Odin. No. Oh! It's okay. You still have two more guesses. Surely an Uva game's in there, but I, apparently not, because I thought that was his number one ranked game. Maybe not. You don't want to tell me? I was looking for clues out now, of your Feast for show. Odin is... Now, I'm looking at the game. I can't count, but it's ranked 22 of all of all time oh, on, wow. the, on the list. So you're a little bit off, but not too bad. So okay. you got seven out of 10 with one X. Let's say uh, Castles of Burgundy? No. That's nope. a shame. Nope. Now so I'm just two. thinking about... I'm that was number about. 17 um, overall. The funny thing is when it comes to strategies, it's literally the board game geeks ranked 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10. I thought that might be the case. Uh, oh, wait. Hold up. Uh, have you gotten seven? I might have messed it up. One, two, three, four... Five. Oh, you've gotten six. Sorry. Six. Yeah, I thought you said six. I apologize. So I've got two strikes on me. I'm gonna okay. go. So you got two strikes and you got six out of ten, which is still it's not as good as seven. Seven needs to be had here. You know, seven's like, hey, I passed the test. Six, you failed. Right? Sixty percent. It's a fail. I'm thinking. I'm thinking designers like their number one games. This is a stretch too. I think maybe scythe. Eh. Ah. So man. six out of ten. Not. Not. Pretty good. 
You jinxed me. It's your fault. Well, I jinxed you when I said you got seven out of ten and you hadn't. <laughs> so you were right. Let's go through the list for those who are listening. The number I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna start with number one because it gets harder to guess. I think as it goes down a little bit. Number one was Gloomhaven. Number two was Pandemic Legacy Season One. Number three, Dean got correct at Brass Birmingham. Number four, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Number five, Terraforming Mars. He got all top five. Okay. Mrs. Number six, Twilight Imperium. Interesting. Fourth edition. Okay. All right. Gets number seven, Ark Nova. Gets number eight, The Gaia Project. Does not get nine or ten, nine being a cooperative game. That Spirit is Spirit Island? Yes. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have guessed that, though. Okay. And number ten being a, a hugely epic game that I like, but I just stopped playing because I'm like, this just takes too long to play. Which one? <laughs> I'm, 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 I, was figuring, I was trying to help you and like if you're like looking at Didi just staring at me because right now I, thinking I have a thought that I'm going to share through with the ages a new story of civilization oh okay I probably should have got that one the other ones I, I'm okay missing that, that I yeah I don't those. know if I I wouldn't have I don't think I would have guessed Gaia Project didn't you say I got the number the top five yes you did and you said I got number seven, seven and eight and eight mm-hmm. how that many w- is that John wait that's seven <laughs> hold <laughs> up one two three yeah, you did. Boom! You got seven out of ten. So I am smart. So all these people are like going, <laughs> you're asking Dean to guess these and you can't even count correct, John, correctly. I just love how you said, like right after each other, you said, oh, you got the top five, you got number seven, you got number eight. <laughs> so that's, that's six. six. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why Dean beats me in games a lot of times. Sometimes I probably win because I miscount in my favor. <laughs> you probably got a lot more points when we were playing our game yesterday, and you just couldn't count them. I know that's probably although that's that was mm, a, you would have had to account a lot, a lot of points. points. We'll yeah, get to that. It's true. It's true. All right. Interesting. Okay. Talk so we're going to talk about some games. What we've been playing lately. Yep. Dean has requested to talk about three games to my two. <laughs> you talked about four to my two last week. I think. Did I? I think so. Okay, just go. First one is one I actually meant to talk about last week, and it I don't know why. I, forgot about this but this is a 25th century game mm. game games okay. game yeah uh, that they sent us this is sunny day sardines this is by i've never even heard of that before. jeremiah uh but i'm intrigued because i like sardines acevedo i think all right yes okay and it comes in a sardine size little tin that's like wrapped up in this you know really? cardboard sleeve or whatever that's cute you can actually find this uh where did i see you can find this maybe barnes and noble or books a million or Target or something like that. It's at it's at one of the big box stores, I think. Okay. So this is a simple card game. It takes about 15 minutes, plays two to four players. And in this game, you have sardine cards and you have order cards. All you're going to do on your turn is you're going to take sardine card or cards. So basically, you're mm-hmm. going to take two fish. Some cards have two on them. Some have one on them. So if you take one that has two fish, you just get that one card. If you take one that has one fish, you can take another card that has another fish. So again, you're drafting two fish on your turn, okay. whether that's one or two cards. Okay? Okay, got that, I think. Or you're going to turn those cards in to complete an order, and it's just the orders of different fish. So pretty straightforward. That's it. Yeah, that's the entire game. Now, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is it. And you might think, ooh, not for me. And that might be the case. It might not be mm-hmm. for you. But I, we, when we were on vacation, we had a little bit of time. We were getting ready in the morning and uh, I was like, hey, boys, let's just let's play this game. Or maybe we just Good. got back or something like that. They really love this game. Really? Yeah, but, you know, they're younger. 
Um, but and I had a lot of fun playing with it. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, I, sometimes I just want to play games like this, you know, just <laughs> really so hard. simple games. It, it kind of harkened to some of those old card games that I would play with, you know, that my grandparents had at their Harkin. house. It was like, you know, old maid or go fish or something like that. It was. It's in that same vein. Okay. Kind of, mm-hmm. um, just one that you, it's just fun to pull out. You can take this to a coffee shop. You can take this if you're waiting for a line at a theme park or something like that. Mm-hmm. But we had a lot of fun with this. Now he, the problem is, we are doing a board game podcast where we're talking to people who play board games all the time. Yep. And oftentimes those games are higher strategy games, right? This is not that game, and so in some vein, it's hard for me to recommend this, mm-hmm. but. Also not because we had fun with it. Yeah. And I think that if you like lighter games and are looking for like a coffee shop game, like if you and I are, let's say we're meeting up with somebody that we sure. don't know, but they know, hey, you guys like board games. Why don't you bring a board game? That'd be a good one. This would bring. be perfect because, okay. yeah, it's quick. If they don't like it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed this one and the kids enjoyed it. We're going to we're gonna hold on to this one. Well, there you go. That's, that's a good start. I think so. How about Sunny that? Day Sardines. How many... How many sardine games do you think are in the? I don't know, but I would like. I did you ever eat sardines? Oh yeah. Like when I was a, especially oh, yeah. when I was a teenager, I would ask mom to get me sardine cans. I'd eat them all the time. Back in the eighties, when I was a kid, my dad and I would eat sardines and watch Detroit Piston games. Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, Just Bill like Lambeer huh? back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Good stuff. That sounds great. Well, I want to talk about. You know, Dean talks about games. Okay. John, Johnny Meepletown talks about experiences. <laughs> it's the truth. Before I talk about my experience, I would like to say that... Are you, you are going to talk about a game though, right? Next time, I think, you know those <laughs> rain gauges that you can put outside? I would like to get a some kind of rain gauge for the sweat that's pouring <laughs> off my back and just stick it down in my pants, in my, just right down in the crack, and then I can just see how much sweat... I've accumulated over the course of this podcast. So, speaking of experiences, <laughs> I finally got to go to Game Point Cafe. Uh huh. How about that? You've you've been before? No. What? You have this never. This was been? my first time. Are you serious? For those who are listening, it's a board game cafe in Nashville. Oh man, Our buddy Rick uh, owns it, and we have known him for several years. And John, being as good of a friend as he is has chosen not to go to a board game cafe. Why? It's about 40 minutes from my house, and I'm getting old, apparently. (laughs) You said 40 minutes? Yeah, I think so. Okay. What do you think? You think it's less than that? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. You can jump on 840 right at where your house is, right? Pretty close. You're a little farther out than I I I am. I mean, it takes me 10 minutes to get there. Okay. It does. Oh, okay. No, well, I mean, I can go down. Well, never mind. Yes, I could. Five minutes or so, I guess. But yeah, I'm going to, we're just going to, we're going to see. Okay. You know, I mean, we might as well just go to the, to the, because you may be right. I I almost said 35 minutes. And we're a little farther from East Nashville. We're like Southeast, but you got to go in a weird way to get to East Nashville. 43 minutes is what it says. From here. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, from my house. From your house. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I was going to say like 35, but I probably am 35. But that's the thing though. isn't that like around 40 minute mark big time when it comes to going places regularly or not? Does 35 to 40 sound like a huge difference? Yeah, it is. Cause my parents live about 35 to 40 minutes away 
And if it was less than that, I would think I would see them more. Like I think I think that that is like the. Mm, I'll pass. Okay. You or no? It okay. So do you, I, do you get what I'm what I'm saying? This I, is I think about invigorating it board game discussion. I can make it to Nashville in from my house, like the edge of Nashville, in less than thirty minutes. Sure. Right. But you're having to go to East Nashville, and mm-hmm. it's and you're you know there's some side streets, some stop signs, and stuff along the way in East Nashville that slow you down quite a bit. But in my mind, I still think, oh, it's about a 25, 30-minute drive. And it's, it's not. Yeah. But to Nashville, it's you know 20 minutes or something like that. So anyway. It's 37 miles from my house. Oh, another button came undone. You didn't <laughs> yep. even say anything about it being hot. <laughs> well, I thought that maybe, <laughs> I thought maybe yeah. you, you wouldn't All right, notice. let's wrap this episode up. Yeah, okay. So, whoa. What, why do you want to wrap it up so fast? Easy. Easy. I want the clothes to stay on. <laughs> he said... <laughs> He undid another button. Whoa, let's wrap this episode up fast. <laughs> okay, oh, so I had an experience of going to Game Point Cafe. What actually happened, what actually actually happened was I have a buddy I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen Sean in probably a year and a half, two years since COVID maybe. Yeah, and he had messaged me years ago when Keyforge came out. We thought, yeah, let's play Keyforge because I had been playing a little bit. He likes um, trading card games. And so we had been playing like Pokemon and stuff like that. But what I don't like about Pokemon and Magic and those games is that it's pay to win a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Just to be real. Like if you got the big bucks and you can go get those cards and build your deck the right way, whatever. I mean, I do understand that you can do Magic games where you're just drawing, getting new decks and stuff like that. I get that. But uh, so we were very excited about the idea of Keyforge is you just open up a deck, right? And that's it. You can't mix and match. So we were interested in that. For uh, my son bought it for Christmas, or I got it for him like a couple years ago. Played it once, some guy, whatever. Then he, Sean, was like, "Hey, they do a keyforge. They're doing a keyforge night on Thursday nights at Game Point at this board game cafe in Nashville." And I was like, "Well, what board game cafe in Nashville are we talking about?" <laughs> when he said Game Point, I said, "I mean, I was going to go anyway, just to spend time with them because um, we're friends." But that was like huge plus. So we go to a Game Point Cafe on a Thursday night, mind you. It was packed. Like, I think there was one table, Dean, that was left open for us. Maybe Man, two. I love to hear that. Yeah. That's great. And so I, I was really happy. Uh, Rick was there. I was hoping that he would be there. And he taught uh, Sean and I Keyforge. So it was great. I had a great experience. Um, great time there. If you're in the Nashville area, I super would recommend going to Game Point Cafe and checking it out. I was... For me, like I'm playing Keyforge, but I'm scanning the library. We're right next to it, and I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, there's some really good games here. I would like to play, but I hadn't got the chip." You know, I'm playing Keyforge, which I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying, man, they have some good games, some good games in their collection. Yeah, they have great games in their collection. Yeah, I really and was store, really was excited about the it. The store is good. Like they keep it. It's not a it's not a big store. But what they have is quality stuff. That's exactly right. And and for me, I'd much rather see some good quality stuff. The coffee's good, God. food's good. Yeah, God. I enjoy it. They've got they've got some beers there. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, their coffee is actually they're doing some kind of a poll right now. That was nice of like the top coffee places in Nashville, and that's on the on there list. So if you've been there and like their coffee, you should vote for them, which I have. I did not drink coffee. Okay. Yep. It's a bongo bongo uh, Java. Yes, right. Coffee place. So. Yep. Okay. Sorry. I did drink sour beer. That's what Daddy likes. Sour beer? You don't? You never had that? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. You either love it or hate it, pretty much. There's very few people I know that goes, mm, yeah. It's like, oh, I love sour beer, or that's gross. How does that compare to like a whiskey sour? 
Isn't that same kind of sour? I don't know if I've even had a whiskey sour in my life. Okay. So so I don't know. So it doesn't compare. I have no idea. I mean, it may compare greatly to it. Do you like vinegar? Um, uh, it depends. I'm not talking about super vinegar. Fish and chips? Yeah. With vinegar on it? Yeah. You might like it then. I like that. Okay. <clears throat> so key forge. In key forge, you're trying to forge three keys. And basically, <laughs> yeah. That's a great name for That's it. That's it. There it is. So what's interesting about it, I guess, is your deck has three houses, I, I guess. I think it's houses or whatever. And you have to decide which house or, I don't know, it's probably not house, faction, I don't know, Keyforge players, that you're going to play that turn. Meaning, you can only lay down cards from that faction. You can only play cards that you've laid out from that faction. Yes, there are things that break the rules and stuff. So you could have a whole bunch of cards that are like this one type of faction or house or whatever, but you have a handful of other ones, and you have those heart, this decision of, crap, do I do the one so I can lay more out, or do I do the ones on the table so I can activate them and attack Dean and um, you know go and get Amber, which is what you have to get to forge keys and different things like that. I think it's a really fun game. I enjoyed it. Rick did a great job teaching it. Um, I, but I don't love those types of games. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. Like and the, what I don't love about those games personally is all those cards or a lot of them are different, and I have the trouble enough keeping up with my own cards and all the text written on them because they can all do different things. I ain't got time. I do, but I don't really want to deal with all the cards that Dean has all the texts that are written on all his cards and going, mm, okay, yeah, but this and that and that and this. And and that's why I don't love those type of games. But for those kind of games, I think it was really fun. Mm-hmm. I just don't really want to inv- – if I if I was like, hey, let's heavily invest in a game like Keyforge, I could see it being really fun because I would know the cards, some of the ones that you're playing. I already know what they do. I'm more familiar with the type of cards that come out. I don't invest in a game that heavily. And yeah. so, therefore, I had a fun time, but there was a plethora of other games I would have rather played. Yeah. The closest to that that I've enjoyed, um, I guess, would be the, oh, goodness, the Dice Masters stuff. And that's not sure. even really cards. It's, no. It is cards, but it's, yeah, but it's dice, more dice than yeah. that. Anyway, but I'm I, with you. Like, having to learn everything is, is a challenge. Yeah, and it wasn't, yeah. I think you would like it. I think you would probably feel the same way. Like, that was fun. And if... Uh, he wants to go back again. I don't think I can go back again this Thursday. Like he's like, I want to go. He's all excited. He's sending me links. I think Game Nerds Card House. One of those two had like twenty decks or twelve decks for twenty two dollars or something like that. Wow. Like so, I can't. It was the deal of the day, or I can't remember. But they're redoing. They're redoing it, right? If I understand mm-hmm. that right, like they're the whole system, or maybe just something. Ha- I mean, this rebooting is rebooting it. Maybe this is car talk. You know, board games in cars, drinking coffee. Yeah. And he said, Sean said that I think they had lost the algorithm or something had been hacked or something. I, maybe I'm spreading rumors, huh. but it really messed up production and they're kind of revamping it. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. Another game point plug here. They, here's Which what game I, point, by the way, does not pay us to plug them. We just really think it's a great place and we really like Rick. Yeah. Yep. Um, but they have a lot just want of to make sure that's clear. This is, you know, all post COVID, obviously things were really, really shut down. Um, they still would sell coffee and things like that during all of that, um, which I would still go get games and coffee mm-hmm. and stuff there, but they have so many events on the calendar. Yeah. It's nuts. So I love it. Like dominion night is tomorrow night, John, 
tonight, Tuesday night, trick taking night. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. But it's, we but talked it's not about. Like I talked Tuesday about that night. with him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I asked him. I think he said uh, the crew would probably be heavily played during that night, which makes tons of sense. I would love to go to Dominion night. I would too. That was the one that I was probably most intrigued out of his the nights that they're having. Yeah, I love Dominion still. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can talk my wife into doing that, but probably not. Okay. Um, yes, a lot of good stuff going on there. And in fact, we reached out and said, hey, hey, Rick, we should do a oh, yeah. Meepletown thing there at some point. So maybe somewhere in the future we can get something like that, like a Meepletown game night. Maybe do a quick little live show. Maybe not. I don't care. We just want to go up there and hang out and maybe, play games. Maybe so. we will. Maybe we won't. So if we can make it work out, we will. That we will would be that. pretty nice to be able to do a Meepletown live. That would, that would be, be cool. That'd be sweet from from a game board game cafe. Mm-hmm. It actually we could do it in the vein of what you're talking about, like the comedians in cars getting coffee. There you go. There we go. That, that just made me hungry. My game number two that I'm going to talk about is Toy Story Obstacles and Adventures. You like Toy Story? I love Toy Story. Okay. I am unsure about this Buzz Lightyear nonsense. Oh yeah, you I haven't me? seen that. I haven't seen it. It's probably great, okay. but sw- why are you taking Tim Allen out of the game? I mean, they have their reasons for sure, but yeah, I don't know. I, they, I, they I, want I, a I younger haven't... voice? Do they want, like, is it, but, and then, you, I mean, how can you have Buzz without Woody? That's going to be tough. Well, You're going to have to do a lot to impress Buzz me. Buzz existed before Woody, I guess, is the premise well, of the I'm just going to say, right? I know, I get it. I'm good at it. We'll see what happens. I'll be honest. I haven't been interested in going to see this at all. I could give a rats about it because, and you know how much I love Disney. Yep. It's the the look of it just didn't. It looks weird to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. But, but that's ma- just me. It looks too adulty for what this game is or movie is. <clears throat> hey, this will make you want to watch it more. The IMDb rating is five point three. It will not make me want. That's not good. No, it's not. But, but Rotten Tomatoes seventy five percent also doesn't mean anything to me. Audience score is eighty-five. That's seventy-five. I, I'm going to guess means more to me. But. I'm going to guess that it's a uh, yeah. That's fine. Toy Story: Obstacles and Adventures. Here's another game you've never played before, John. Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle, which is what this game is based off of. Toy Story is based off of that. Is that game. the deck building game? It is. Yeah. Sean bought that game when we were there. The Hogwarts one. Because his wife, he's trying to get his wife into board games, and she loves Harry Potter. Oh, good. And okay. so he, yep, they had it there, and he's he gets this big box. I'm like, hey, and he's like, yep, I'm buying it. Yeah, we have we have friends that we've introduced that to that have is picked it, easy? it up, and oh yeah, absolutely. It's I I like what this game does. Both of them. So in this game, it's a deck building game. You are, uh, you start off with your own personal is deck, cooperative? which is cool. It is cooperative. Okay. You start off with your own personal deck. You're going to take five cards, play those cards, you know, buy cards. And mm-hmm. really, you're ultimately trying to defeat these hazard cards. Okay. And so every round, let me just break down the round. So the round goes, for me. you flip over this one card that is bad stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. It might move you up on this track, which once the track reaches the end, you lose the game. That's how you lose. Okay. It might make you lose health, lots of other things. Okay. You do that. Then you activate the hazard card, which is always bad stuff. Sometimes it's ongoing bad stuff. Sometimes it's just like once per round bad things happen. Then you play your cards, buy new cards, put them into your deck and and all of that. You have these insight tokens, which are the Pixar logo. You're going to be putting those Pixar logos, which are the lightning bolt ones from Harry Potter. You're going to be putting those tokens onto the different hazard cards. And once you get so many, that's going to burst. And then that card goes away and then a new one comes out. And so you get all the way down to the bottom of that deck and complete the last one. So the first one is Sid. I won't say who is beyond that because it's like you're opening up these boxes through this campaign. Yeah. 
Not nice. You better not. Um, so it's it's got six adventures in the box that you play through, okay. and then you can continue to play the game and just you know have everything all mixed together. But the thing I like about this is it eases you into the game. Mm-hmm. So if you've never played a deck builder, hey, let me teach you how to play this deck builder in the first round, and then I'm going to add more cards and I'm going to add more difficult so it challenges. Progressively gets harder. Yes. And yeah. Work. Yeah. Yeah. But every player has their own customized deck, you know, even to start off with, which I like a lot. This is, I already knew that I was going to like this one because we like Harry Potter. Uh, my wife and I played through all of the Harry Potter stuff and the expansion stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we actually made it through all the expansion stuff, but we were pretty close. Um, and we like this one. Now here's the thing, John, I played this with my six-year-old who is, he'll turn seven in a couple weeks and he can, he can read and, and, you know, some of the cards he had a little trouble with and needed some help on it or whatever. But for the most part, he could read the cards and know what they are. The symbology is really good. The idea of the game made sense to him mm-hmm. and he's done some deck building things before, but this was a hit and we've actually got the game set up on our table right now because we need to finish the next, the next adventure. But I would say we'll probably play through the, the, all the adventures this week. Between this week and next week, I'd say we get through the whole box. Do you think it was more of a hit because of the theme, for sure? I, yeah, oh, well, maybe. But my youngest, Oliver, mm-hmm. is he'll, he's wanting to play anything I have on the table. The game I'm not talking about today is Mice and Mystics, which is set up on our dining room table. <laughs> and that is... This must be really nice. I'm playing that with both of my kids because my wife has been out of town and I'm hoping, because you're playing with four players in Mice and Mystics, I'm hoping yeah. that she'll just join in and we can finish up that soon. But um, he's just on a rampage. And, and also, my 10-year-old, Elias, uh, I'll talk about the game that he and I played next. But they're just wanting to play games right now, which I hope that stays. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Nice. So speaking of games that get progressively harder that you can teach people easily and play, my next one would be Kitchen Rush. Oh, Yeah. So we you talked, did about, you, this you talked about that last podcast. Uh, yeah, I think it was last one. So I don't want to belabor the point, but after he talked well, about don't, it. Don't rush through it either. Oh, yeah. Mm. Let it oh. let it cook. Let it simmer I see what, a little I was bit. Gonna, dang it. I was uh. going to say I see what you're cooking up over there, but <laughs> you got me. Dang it. All right. Well, whatever. Knife's out, baby. We're going to go to town. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, so. And John just unbuttoned another button. <laughs> I did not, actually. <laughs> I did not. So in Kitchen Rush, so if you're brand new to the podcast, you're you're cooking food, right? You get these timers. You lay a timer down on a worker placement spot. You do the action. But guess what you can't do? Pick that worker up until that timer's done. So you're going to get... You're, We've seen this before. Yep, you're getting orders. You're going out and you're getting ingredients. You're maybe even later on in the game, you have to go buy your own ingredients and bring them into the pantry. You know, that kind of stuff. Um. And yeah, you're just trying to get enough, as much money as you can. And there's challenge, you know, the challenge, if you get 48 coins and, or the standard, you beat it if you get 35 or whatever it may be. Uh, I played through five of the eight scenarios and I loved it. I thought that I, I thought like playing overcooked the, the, the switch game, uh, computer game or whatever. It's a lot like that. Have you ever played any of those? No, you asked me that, but okay. I've never played it. You need it, to play, yeah. if your kids like switch and stuff, they would, you probably would, I could just see all of your giggling and you all just having a great time playing that game. It's fun. It's a Is same it multiplayer? concept. Yes. Okay. This it's, you're just playing with like the joy cons or whatever system you're on. And all you're doing is pressing like one button or two. Mm-hmm. Like you, I'm going to go wash the dishes while you go. It's literally the same thing. And so it's, and it's really fun. Um, <clears throat> but I, you know, my 
middle son played it, who doesn't play very many games, but he likes Overcooked a lot. I got him to play it. He enjoyed it. Uh, he enjoyed it quite a bit. My oldest son played it and enjoyed it. Even asked me yesterday, do you still have that game? And I was like, no, oh. I borrowed that from Dean. And, and I was like, do you want me to buy it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think that would be good. Wife didn't like it at all. Man. Huge I get it. Not everyone's going to like the yeah, real-time she, games. She, well, she said, and this, I'm going to fight against her because she can't respond right now. Oh, man. I don't mean like argue is the right word and not a serious argument, but debate. That's the word we use whenever we want to argue and make it civilized. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whenever we want she to says fight. it's too easy, and I'll, I'll say this: through the five scenarios we played, it was it was very. I thought it was easy. Yeah, and, and I had, I mean, and I and I went back and read through all the rules again and made sure uh, it was fairly easy to win. I thought. Now there's still six, seven, and eight that I haven't played through. That looks like it adds quite a bit to the game, <clears throat> and so I do think that adding those it might get really hard because I heard it was. I heard this was a tough game. But she's like, well, it's just the decisions aren't that hard. And I'm like, well, it's more about how fast you can make the decisions than that kind of stuff and the communication that you have between your teammates. Maybe we just lucked out and we're, are just kind of good at that those types of games together because we've played Overcooked, you know, together as a family and stuff. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. <clears throat> I thought it was really fun. And if she had said she liked it, I w- it would be a no-brainer because it's like 35 bucks on Amazon, I think. You know, it's cheap. And I still might pick it up. Even you know what, John? But though my even, kids, even I play games for my kids all the time. Sorry, that just they don't play. They want it, but then they don't play. Go ahead. But then when they request it, you're right, and the, you can't not get it right because you're like, wow, this could be it. It could. That's it could right. Get them into this. You know, next they're playing Gaia Project with you. They're playing you know Anachrony, right? That's well. the hope, maybe. Okay. Um, Yes, I, I. The thing about the the difficulty level, you can really make it a, as difficult as you want it. I guess, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, because you're, I mean, you're you can always says, compete against yourself. And... To win this game, you need to have thirty five dollars. Well, you can just bump that up to like ninety dollars or whatever. What you know, or just keep up with your high score. Yeah, you could do that. So if the gameplay itself is fun, which I think it is, then I'm gonna have to check. You said Overcooked is the name of. The, I've heard of that. Before, yeah, which but... version is the new one? Yours. Or the other one? The, yeah, this one is the new one. Okay, the, so the older version is $35. Is there anything that changed in the game besides the artwork? So, I don't know. I don't think it was scenario-driven. Man, I could be way off. That's I might right. be totally wrong. Put it in the, the put it in the pod... In the Sorry, <laughs> on Board Game Geek, people. Help what, us out. What are you saying right now? Put it on there if you know. Put it on if there. If you know the difference. Put it on. He's saying go to the guild and put, let us know. That's what exactly he's saying. Right. That's that's how you translate that. I want to try Overcook now. <laughs> I also, man, let me let me talk about another Switch game that I have not played, but I want to know if you've heard of this. They talked about it on Rolling Dice and Taking Names, and I have not picked it up yet, but I really want to. The uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Have you heard of this? Uh, heard of it. My brother played through the entire thing in like one night and said it was awesome. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go get there it you now. Go. And then I my really barber, want to play this with my who family. is. Uh, I think if you're on Instagram, he's like 80s Berg. His name is Ryan Eisenberg, uh, and he takes pictures of 80s toys all the time. Mm. He uh, loved it. So there you go. Two it, glowing it harkens, reviews. It harkens back to that. Harkens is the second time I've used that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the game back in the day. You know, the was it Nintendo, Super Nintendo? I think it was a Nintendo. Um, like the Double Dragon type games, mm-hmm. but you can play up to I think six players. But but it looks. I've watched some videos and I'm like, ooh, that looks really crazy. 
with multiple players. Yeah, but. he said, I mean, this is my challenge with I uh, Turtles in Time, all that stuff great from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Problem is they get repetitive. After all these new types of games that we have, like just beat them up, beat them up, beat them up, beat them up. I asked my brother if it got repetitive and he said it stops before you when you're kind of like I think I'm good. Okay. So he said he thought it was really well done. Double Dragon was one of my favorites back in the day. Yeah, I love Double Dragon. I love that game. Remember Battletoads Double Dragon? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was hard. Yes, all those all those games were hard. Okay, my last game I'm going to talk about. Did you see that it's twenty five dollars for Overcooked Two for the Switch? If you want a physical copy, two like the sequel? Yeah, Part Two. Okay, twenty five. Do I need to have played through the first one? I don't. I don't know. Okay. Trick Shot is what I'm going to talk about next. Trick Shot is a hockey game. It's a two to four player game. Really, it's a two player game. You're taking on the role of one team, the blue team. Somebody else is the red team or reverse that. And you're just going to be going and, and playing hockey. Now, this is a dice rolling game, mm-hmm. but it's also a push your luck game. This is why I think you might actually okay. like this one, maybe. Okay. All right. If I want to take so in the base game, basically, and I was playing this with my 10 year old. In in the regular game, without any of the advanced rules, basically what you're doing is you are moving, shooting, passing. Um, you can get some penalties, I think, in the base game, um, or basic game, I should mm-hmm. say. It's all in the same box. Okay. The advanced game adds fighting and some other things like that. We didn't play with all that. But if I want to move, I'm going to take a die, and I'm going to, or basically, you have one of two options. Activate one of your players, or you can take the line change action. Okay. All right. If I activate one of my players, I'm going to activate him. Let's say I want to move. I'm going to roll one die, and if I don't get the X symbol, Mm -hmm. that's a success. It's good. You don't want the Xs. You don't want Xs. Xs are bad. Now, if I want to activate- All my Xs live in Texas. (laughs) There we go. That's good. If you want to activate another player, you have to activate a different player, but now, John- I'm rolling a two dice. So you might get an X. And if you get an X on those, then that's bad. On both or one? On any of them. On any of them if they get an X. So the more dice you have, the more chances you have to roll an X. That's right. Now, you do have... Now, this is why line changes are important because you have these re-roll cards, which okay. um, if I get an X, I don't want that. I can re-roll, but I have to re-roll all the, the dice that have faces on them. And I'm not going to go into what all mm-hmm. the faces do. This is just kind of a gist of, of okay. how it works. You have to re-roll all of those, and then if it's a success, you keep going. But you get re-rolls until you either bust and, and lose all your re-rolls, and then your next turn, you're going to have okay. to do a line changes your whole turn. Or you can just say, I'm going to basically pass, flip all of those cards over that you flipped over to get the re-rolls, mm-hmm. and then your turn is over. Okay. And that's it. And and you're, you know, obviously trying to score, shoot the puck into the goal and things like that. Um, there's also like the reaction. So if I roll a blue arrow and it, then you can then activate one of your players and move them forward, backwards, side to side. Okay. Um, one space and that's it. And ah, this is a cool game. This is a cool you game. You really like, <clears throat> whoa. Yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. It's It's not... It's it's actually I thought it was going to be a little more tricky. I haven't played this one yet. I've had it on the shelf for a while. You purposely used that word. I well, it was the best word to use. Okay. I thought it was going to be the rules were going to be a little too tricky because they seem a bit there it convoluted. Is again. Yeah, strike two. Uh, <laughs> but um, but no, it it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> as complicated as what I thought it was going to be. Okay, and my ten year old said, "Yep, I want to hold on to this one. I like this one." There you go. There we go. See, Boom shakalaka. I'm faster than you this time. Is that the only... Oh, mainly because it's so hot, I want to get done with this episode so fast. And that's all we're talking about game-wise. Another button came undone. Let's talk about our review of Gutenberg. 
Okay, John, it is time to talk about Gutenberg and to see whether or not we think it's Gut or not. Gut. I was gonna I was gonna use that joke, but I thought it was stupid. <laughs> is that right? You heard what I said. Well, I wanted to use it. I had a you know what actually on that, that you note, were use because it. you use that. Oh I'm my goodness! Button and another button. How many buttons do you have on that shirt? I hope a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> One more. <laughs> oh no! All right, in Gutenberg, it is the 15th century, and we are pioneers of the printing press, and we're going to be taking orders so that we can build up a bunch of wealth. So taking orders right. to print things out for people. Now, how this works is you are going to bid, I guess is the best way to say this. So you're going to kind of bid on which turns you're going to take. Everyone starts off with a certain mm-hmm. amount of markers. You're going to put them behind a screen, put them on the different spots and say, I want to make sure that I can do this action before anyone else. So I'm going to put a lot of, of my little pegs on that spot, hoping that no one else will bid higher than that. Because if they bid higher, they'll get to go first. That's right. All right. Now the actions, I'm just going to go through these fairly quickly, but you start from top to bottom. First one is you're going to be, ooh, I probably should be looking at the board while I'm saying this so I don't forget it, but you're going to be taking orders. Um, mm-hmm. You'll take an order, a main, like a main order, and then these, I don't remember what they're called, the style just like cards Kitchen or Rush. something like that. Yeah, exactly like Kitchen Rush. Taking orders. It's not. Um and you're going to pair those two cards up together. When you complete an order, you're going to need to at very least complete the the main order part of it. The style stuff is just like bonus. You can get more bonuses if you have different types of inks, different colors of inks, mm-hmm. and different. Um, if you're skilled in different areas, you can get bonus points that way too. But you'll take cards there. The next spot is taking inks. So you'll buy these inks. Um, first one's free. Basically, pick a spot on the board that has three ink, and then you're going to choose which one of those, or, or go down the line and, and mm-hmm. buy whichever ones you want. The next thing is you're going to take these cards that help you improve in your different, um, uh, in your, in your, uh, well, I just Ooh. used the word. Um, Yikes. You're going to improve in your, like, you ability. You wouldn't think this was the 105th episode. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to improve in your ability, ability to do things better, like, you know, improve in your leather working or your woodworking or whatever that is, inking or any of that. And basically that's moving you up on a track that helps you complete your orders to get more points, but it also is going to potentially give you points at the end of the game and then bonuses throughout the game. Mm -hmm. You're going to, the next spot is going to be taking a gear and putting it into your gears. And those are going to turn around every every round and activate those gears, which is kind of interesting, the planning part of that and how that's going to say get in gear, Dean, like the whole game. (laughs) That's it. That's why. (laughs) And then the last thing you can do is to, uh, I should be looking at the rule book, (laughs) taking these other uh, uh, actions at the bottom. Sometimes that's getting cards that give you points at the end of the game. Sometimes it is just giving you bonuses, like giving you money or giving you ink or something like that. Um, but again, you're having to auction to get those spots first so that you can be the one who takes those before the other players if it's things that you want. Are you crying or laughing? I don't know what's going on. And then you're going to play through multiple rounds of this game. Whoever has the most points is going to be the winner. Sorry. Gutenberg. Yep. So I'm, I got to compose myself. Okay. You probably made a joke when it, yeah, in my mind, and there's no, I'm not saying it, of course, but (laughs) I, and I don't like to, I don't, it's not good to have inappropriate jokes going through my mind, actually. So I I apologize to myself. I I don't need to do that to myself. I need to think on pure thoughts. All right. So Dean and I were both relatively excited to play this one. 
Yeah. Dean in particular. What? Where was it on your list, Dean? Do you want to talk about the list real, really fast? Real we'll fast. We'll do that after. You want to do that? Let's do that after. But it was number one, okay. right? Is that right? No. So we did a no, list no, no, not number back one, in October and did a video and a podcast, I think, both of them. And we had our top 10 games that we're most anticipating, and Dean's was number three. Excuse me, Gutenberg was number three on Dean's list. It was not on mine. For S in 2021. Yeah. It was not on my list. Um, so we'll see if that was a good thing or a bad thing. We can talk about this after after we do our reviews. Sure. We can do a brief rundown of, of that list. Well, I think that Dean was excited about it. One of the reasons was because the components. Yes. Let's just be real. Yeah, so talking about the art, art components. components. I like the art on the box. I think it's beautiful. The board is pretty cool with some issues there. I'll talk about it in just a second. It, it looks like you're, you know, these the table with the parchment on there where you're mm-hmm. taking your actions. All that looks really cool. You've got these storage boxes that are included in the game that yeah. you can store your components without having to have plastic bags, which is nice. It's true. And then the biggest piece is the typeface, which is these little square blocks with different uh vowels on them you've got different letters but they only do vowels because you know mm-hmm. that'd be crazy to have all the letters it's too many yeah yeah i think that the blocks are really cool though they are designed like they would be if you're using them in a printing press they're backwards mm-hmm. they should be pushed which is kind of a little annoying at first because some of them kind of look a little bit similar because of the font they're using and stuff and i'm like uh okay it doesn't take too long but when you're looking at it from afar it it can be an issue for sure with the yeah really with a lot of them with the the a and the u and the o i think sure. are are kind of in a little bit prob- problematic there uh, a u a o actually all of them except the i are you know when you're looking at it from afar because they are also stained and like a dark stain and so it is a little bit harder to see that now on the board they have some of the some of the numbers on there in that reverse or mirrored typeface don't like that and it's also not necessary because it like it's not all of the numbers which would have been super annoying yeah. it's only like we've got six here and then you know go another quarter of the board up and then you've got another five or six that are in that way yeah i don't know why they didn't just keep it the way it looks all the way around the rest of the board which is like this like vine flowery cool looking thing with the numbers that are very clear i would have been fine just leaving it like that yeah not a huge deal but it's it's an issue I mean, it's fine. Yep. It's, it's, I don't, I don't think I like, it's, I get it like aesthetically, right? It's like neither good nor bad. Like functionally, it's not as great. Aesthetically, it's kind of cool. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So was it fun? I mean, not only was Dean looking forward to it because of the components, which he does look forward to some games simply because of the components. He also thought, what are you talking about? Pretty much. You make me sound shallow. Well, it's okay. I mean, you just need to live up. You just need to be who you are, right? <laughs> um, he also loves midweight euros, and I would say, particularly Dean, would you agree with me? Ones that are on the slightly lighter end, some sometimes because I think he thinks I can get more people to play the game with me if it's a little easier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, also, I tend to gravitate towards the the midweight euros, thematic midweight euros with good components. Is kind of my sweet we like spot. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like you'd mentioned uh, Castles of Burgundy, yeah. which is excellent components. Nope. Um, but it has that, th- th- those vibes that you like. It does. When it yeah. comes to that. So, yeah. Um, but when it comes to gameplay, 
I thought what I liked was I do like the way you auction off those actions and you're putting the, your cubes in the certain areas and you're trying to wrestle in your mind with, I've got more cubes than Dean, but Dean breaks every tie. <laughs> that stinks. Um, I really need that action. I don't super need this one. I thought that was a cool you know, mechanic. You're behind your screen trying to figure out what the opponent is doing. On the flip side, in a two-player game, I didn't find it super often that I just had to had to win a particular area. It right. did happen sometimes. It did. I would say most rounds I had to win one. But usually if I had to win one and I'm just playing against Dean, I can win it. Yeah. This, the negative is if I don't put a cube into a particular area, I get nada. So that is kind of, you know, those kind of decisions like, wow, I can make sure I do get this gear, but man, I might not get the ink action and I'd really like to have that, you know, right. to be, in order to get the gear because I'm, because again, you're putting a set number of cubes into each action slot. And if I have three and Dean has two, I get to go first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, in a two-player game, maybe it plays out more interestingly in a three-player game. I, I didn't find that as interesting as I hoped it would be. Yeah, I'm with you. And if, yes, yep. Usually there was one spot that I really wanted to put it heavily into that, and I would try to take... You're, you're going to want... If you, don't have any, if you don't have any of your pegs into a certain spot, you don't get to take that action. Mm -hmm. For the most part, I was putting one in every slot. Not every round, especially towards the end of the game when I didn't need any more gears or I didn't mm -hmm. need any more ink or whatever. I wouldn't put it into the slot and I would leave that open. But for the most of the part, I, for the most for part the most of the game, the most of the game, the the, the most majority of, of the game, I was putting one in each slot and then I would probably put the rest of them in one other spot mm -hmm. if it's something I really, really wanted to take. Yeah. So in theory, you're right. That sounds like a cool idea. But for me, it didn't really, it didn't really work as well as I would have liked to. I wonder if it's, I don't know. I don't know what would make that a little bit better, but more players would make it a little better. It, yeah, that's true. That's true. Now we, yeah. And you mentioned this, that we're going off two player plays of this, uh -huh. um, not, not higher player counts, which I do think that you would have, like John said, a little bit better time with that piece of it. Yeah. But in this game though, the, the gist of it is again, you're just taking these orders and completing and completing them. You, you need to mm -hmm. have the typeface. You don't have to have the ink, but it is nice because it gives you a lot more stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it helps you to move up on the tracks. It gives you more coins. It gives you more, usually it gives you a lot more points to, to have style included with your orders, but how you do that, you're, it just didn't really, it's not that interesting it, to me because again, you're just taking the resources. Yeah. The type, the type cubes are not going to go anywhere. You get to hold on to those, but you can't use one type for two different orders. So you have yeah. to have enough. If you want to complete multiple orders at the end of the round, you have to have enough type blocks, type faces or whatever to put on top of each of those orders. And then they stay with you until the next round. Once you've mm -hmm. kind of built up that engine, it became less interesting to me. You're building the engine with those and also with your gears. Yeah. And once you kind of have that, and it's you can like, build your okay. gears up relatively quick. Yeah. I mean, you can get a gear every round. So, and I didn't mention this, but every player starts off with a special ability. One of the abilities is that you start off with two gears. You pick four. Yeah. And then you keep two of those. And so, right off the bat, with that character, you're starting off with a you know a, a pretty good. I don't I don't know. I, I heard this talked about on on. Uh, Blue peg, pink peg, how they talked about the balance of the different player powers. Um, it almost, they, they, they had mentioned it kind of has that feel of Marco Polo where it's like mm -hmm. they seem, some of them seem super, super overpowered 
yeah, I kind of felt that way too. That you know, that one in particular felt really, really strong to me. But I don't think it's overpowered. It maybe they're balanced out more. They probably are more balanced out. But it just sometimes some of them aren't going to seem like, wow, that's crazy that you're going to be able to start off with this, and I have to not have any gears and you know build up to that. Sure. So. I thought. I thought. Sorry for Yachty. Oh man. Wow. I felt like our they were the ones that we played were pretty balanced, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I think overall, I think so. like, as I think we, so. you know, at the beginning, there was that wow. Hmm. Like uh, one that I played was, if you fulfill two orders on one of them, you don't have to use one of the letters. Yeah. which I used quite a bit in the game, honestly. Um, yeah, I was excited to play this one. Obviously, not as excited as Dean because he had that uh, top three. I mean, top. Yeah, it was top three as most anticipated games. You know, I talked a little bit about the action selection. Um, I, you know, also would say that I would I like the way that it's one of those things where the actions go from top to bottom, kind of like Preta Porte. You know, like those those mm-hmm. kind of games are kind of interesting. Like you decide what's going to happen, and then so you are also thinking, okay, but it is going to happen in this order, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but overall, the game to me, um, there's there's you don't need to send this word out to the press. There's nothing to write home about. I got you. There's no way. There's nothing to print. Like I have, I'm looking around seeing, uh, I've heard a lot of people I know that really like that, that I respect and it made me excited about it. Uh, but on BGG, have we talked about it? It's rated 7.5. That's really high. That's a good, that's pretty good. It's Mm -hmm. 2100 overall, which isn't bad for just coming out. Um, I've heard a lot of good press about it, but I, I, I did not, I do not understand. I understand it's it's a fine mechanically solid midweight euro. I told Dean if I would have played this early on in my board gaming career, I could see myself really liking it. Sure. Now it just falls into the the vast sea of yeah. Okay. There's a bazillion games out I would there ra- that I would rather play more than it's it did it did nothing for me. Besides, oh, it has cool bits. But besides that, it was like, okay. Yeah. I hate to be like that because I was really hoping this was going to be something I'm excited about. It, yeah. Didn't this get a seal of excellence or approval or something like that? Seal of excellence. Just, uh, I just don't understand that at all. Yeah. And I, I hate mean, that. Like, I hate it for the, like, I think that these, that, that the designers designed a good game. It's like, you know what I mean? It's a fine game, except for I totally admit I was like so ready for it to be over by the end. And funny enough, I've read reviews that said, as soon as I get my engine going, then it stops abruptly. I felt like we had our engines going midway through the game and I was just doing the same thing. Get these to fill the order. Get these to fill the order. Get these to fill the order. And you're right. I already have my gears. That's Mm -hmm. not exciting anymore. You know, I couldn't change the gears out. That's right. You can change the gears out. You can, you can, you know, even pick them up and put them in a different position and that sort of there's thing. Some, if you don't like the yeah. way that you have it set up in there, there's, there's definitely some manipulation with that. I'm, I'm with you though, in the sense of, uh, I didn't feel that way either in, in my plays of this. I didn't feel like, okay, now, now I've got things going. Oh no, the game is over. I felt like we had a good two full rounds left now. Six rounds. Six or eight, I can't remember. I think now. it's six. Okay, I'm pretty sure it was six, and I think at the end of four, I said to Dean, "I'm ready for this to be over." Six rounds, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for this to be over now, or minimally fifth round, and yeah. then we had the fifth that we played through. Then we played through the sixth, and I was like, "Nah, I just, 
I never. I, I think we, there are going to be listeners that totally disagree with us about this game and are like, no, this is a great little midweight euro. It's only weighted two point six. Like if you're wanting one of those kind of lighter midweight euros, I could see that. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I could see it as like kind of a gateway game that people get excited about trying. And but I just can think of a whole bunch of other ones that are just a whole lot more interesting. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and give you give you right now my score. Um, I'm going to go five out of ten on okay. this. Uh, I just and what does that mean again? I was just looking it up. It's a, a slightly there it is. boring game. Mediocre, take it or leave it. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I could honestly probably go four out of ten, which is not so good, but could play again. But because I think it's a solid enough game, like you know, mechanically, I'm going to give it five out of ten. I hate it. Super looking forward to this. I absolutely could take it or leave it. And honestly, I don't even want to take it. Like if I said let's go play it right now, I would you'd say, say no. Say no. Okay. I would probably say I'd rather just not even play a game. What? Yep. Wow. Okay. And it's not it's it's not like the game is that bad or anything. I don't think it's like I just I don't know, Dean. I I got a lot of things going on in my life. I mean, I <laughs> as the Meepletown people know, if I'm gonna play a game, I want to play a good one. Sure. That I'm uh, let me rephrase that, that I enjoy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, because this is a good game to a lot of people. A lot of people really, really enjoy this one. That's right, and that's great. Yeah, for me, there's some things that I do like about this. I, I like um, I, I like kind of the idea of that auction piece, although in practicality, for me, in my plays, it didn't really make as much of a difference of which pick I got on a lot of the things. Like, you know, if I'm getting gears, I'd be like, okay, I'd be fine with either one of those ones or not getting anything at all, you know. So it, sometimes it didn't really matter as much as, what you like now the, I didn't mention this, but the tiebreaker is the, uh, the first, whoever has the first player marker breaks the ties, which in a two player game that comes into play a lot, a whole lot. Now the other player is going to have one more marker. So they'll have one more place to bid, but so many times you have the, all these ties and then you have to, yeah. it's just the first player taking those actions. I didn't love that. I would rather see more markers to make that part more interesting mm-hmm. to me, but but I'm with you, not not as hard on it. I think I think there are there are some things that yeah. I I like about it. I do like completing the orders and in, in that puzzle that you get. If you can complete, that you can have four orders at one time. If you can complete all of those at one time, you, you feel really good. You're not going to be able to mm-hmm. do that to the end of the game because you have to buy up all your types and you know be able to put those into place. But or have some of your engine help build that up. So the puzzle part of that, I like. I think it's I think it's fun. It's just, it went on longer than it needed to for me. And I, yeah. that that was a, a big negative for me. So I'm going to be at a, I'm going to go with a six. I was actually somewhere between a five and a half and a six. But I think, I do think it's an okay game. Some fun or challenge at least will play sporadically if in the right mood. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little different. If you're like, hey, let's play this game. If I'm in the right mood, I would rather play this than not play anything at all. Mm-hmm. That that would be the difference in our scores, I yep, think. Okay. But it's good. I kind of get why people love this game, but mm, it was it was a bit of a disappointment, a lot of disappointment for me, I would say. So far, out of all the games that I've played since you know that that list that we made, mm-hmm. this has been the biggest disappointment for me. There you go. So that's Gutenberg. That is a five from John, a six from me. Out of ten, let's talk about Messina thirteen forty seven. All right, so Messina is a game that was absolutely on my top 10 from the uh, essence spiel, like what we're looking forward to. It was not only my number two, but it was Dean's number one. How about that, Dean? 
So here we go. It was my number one. That's it, true. It's a game that is a little, uh, definitely heavier than Gutenberg. Um, I think it's a weighted about 3.5 on BGG. Um, it is a game about rats and plagues. You dirty rat. How do you feel about that? Shredder? No. <laughs> How do you feel I mean, about not, not, not plagues? Splinter. <laughs> Splinter is what the, yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, I don't feel good about that. I, I don't feel good about the plague if that's what you're asking me games about that is what i was asking are you fine with that well yeah one of my favorites is bruges that's yeah. got the plague in it all right so this is a vladimir suki game which has done so many wonderful games and was i'm sure for dean and i the reason that it was number one and two probably yep 100 uh, percent. praga kaput regni which was re- last year underwater cities pulsar 2849 uh the Prodigals Club, Last Will, Shipyard, so many good games that he's done. Every time I play his games, I'm generally like, dang, this guy knows what he's doing, and it's really, really good. Is it the same with this one? Let's find out. So in Messina 1347, uh, you're going to be placing your uh, meeples into, this is, sorry, Dean. What city are we in here? Oh, oh, you're. I thought you were looking at... Oh, you're Messina. looking at this. You're in Messina. <laughs> I don't know. As soon as I. <laughs> oh my goodness! It, and in fact, to go a little further, Ooh. it takes place in the year 1347. <laughs> is that help? Is that, is that right? Yes. Oh my gosh! I you're don't, in Messina, Italy. That was Italy. a huge. That was absolutely. Like, as soon as I those words came out of my mouth, and I said, "What city is this in?" I thought, "Wow, I'm an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> So in the, you're in Messina, and what uh, you're going to you be doing be much harder on yourself. is you're going to be taking one of your three initially at the game lieutenants and placing them onto into the city. And you're going to, when you place a worker or lieutenant into the city, the first thing you're going to do is rescue the citizens that are there, Dean. If there is a plague in that neighborhood, not because there's hexes that are all neighborhoods, if there's a plague in that neighborhood, guess what happens? They go to quarantine. How about that? I like that. I mean, I don't like that because we all know what that's like. We all know. I mean, this is, yeah. And then if you have fire, you can fight the plague. So that's how you destroy plague. You just cook the crap out of it. You just burn the ask, whole thing down. Does it say anything thematically in the rule book about that? Was it like, we're going to burn the I don't house remember. down? I don't remember. Okay. I didn't remember seeing that, but I don't usually read the flavor text and all that kind of stuff, which I should, on a, especially at like a historical game like this. Uh, then you're going to do the action, probably. Uh, you can repopulate, talk about that in a second, which may just be you get a couple fire, you get a couple wood, you know, you might get a little fire, a little wood, a little coin action. Um, but not only is that going on, but you have your own player board where as you're rescuing these citizens, you're either putting them in quarantine if they were in a neighborhood that had the plague or onto your player board, which is this big circle that has different three different sections, green, brown, and black, depending on what you're sending, whether you're sending work uh, craftsmen that you've rescued or nuns or warriors, I guess is probably what another one is maybe. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go to those different sections of the board. Um, or you can send them in to get them to what you can make them work for you. Put them to work. I, I feel like we're like, I'm going to go rescue you from the plague. And then you're going to come work for me. Get to work. Get to work now. I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be so harsh. Maybe well, it's like I don't they know. want a job. Get into quarantine or get to work. <laughs> now, the positive is that you are going to be repopulating Messina later on. So you're not just a slave driver or anything like that. You're genuinely helping these people come and giving them jobs. To right, It's true. To, to contribute. 
there are actions that take place on the board where you can move overseers. They're overseers. So maybe it is a little, maybe there's a little pressure going on. Um, and as you do it, you're going to be activating those workers, those sp- spaces that you have the workers in. But if you haven't rescued the citizens to work there, you don't activate anything. So there's a whole puzzle there in addition to the worker placement spot out on the board. And then thirdly, there are three different tracks to go up, which I know Dean's excited about. I like it, the tracks. About tracks. Like going to popularity or influence as you're, if you're putting more plague out or going up like the church track or I can't remember what the other one was. That's going to unlock, you know, um, more actions with your overseers or potentially more meeples or lieutenants that you get to go put on out onto the board. But while all this is happening, the plague continues to spread um, you are gaining rats if you don't if you leave the plague there and aren't able to fight it off. You're going to actually gain rats, which will lose you points at the end of the game. You can get boats. There's some other things you can do. That's roughly the game. So, what do you think about the art and components? I thought highly of the art and components. <laughs> I thought it was wow. good. Now, let me let me go back to my question because I, I really am curious what the fire thematic fire thing is mm-hmm. and a quick search because the internet is really slow right now it's like it is being affected by the heat outside oh that's what it seems like um the history channel which is the most accurate of all the the history places out there wow just no, like that no it's not really at all um they think that aliens swoop down no i'm just kidding that's what that was a that was a joke I do. for those of you watch them late night history channel oh absolutely okay um no it says uh they would burn Aromic, uh, aromatic herbs. So maybe that's the theme. I, it seems like th- you're burning down the plague, like setting a fire to it. I, but I'm, I'm interested. I'm curious about that now. You don't know? No, I don't know. Okay. I already told you that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I might keep looking. But the, the art and components, I, I like. Um, I think the, the box doesn't really do it for me. I guess partly because in my mind, I'm thinking, oh. I'm exploring. I'm visiting this new town in Messina. Let me go check out this new place. And then, oh, dear Lord, look at what is going on here right now. This is not a place I want to visit. But the box doesn't tell me that. It's got some run smoke away, on there. Run away, run away. It does not tell me that at all. There's some smoke coming up from the buildings, um, which maybe those buildings are on fire. Uh, I'm looking at this now. This building's on fire. Yeah, maybe that is. Maybe they did burn buildings down. This is interesting. But I don't love the box. But the rest of it, I I like. I think the tiles are cool. I think the the bits that they have are really good. Now, one thing you need to know I'm is there's, the box. there's a ton, a ton of components in this box. A lot of cardboard. Yeah, there are. It's a lot, and it's cardboard, as Dean said. Yeah. So. And, and also, like, some rat meeples. Make them look a little cute. <laughs> if rats can be cute. There like, are a lot plague-filled of... filled rats, probably not so much, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure that none of many of us aren't big rat fans, but when they are carrying a plague, well, that's even worse. And this little kid on the back of this wagon is carrying a, a rat into Messina. You see that like on the box pet. cover? Yeah, cool. I think it's dead. And then there's a bunch of other rats on skulls and stuff. This this harkens back to <laughs> Twelve Monkeys, the TV show. Which I've, I, have, I have told a thousand people, I've told tons of people about this. It's just incredible. One of my favorite shows of all time. No one wants to watch it. Finally, my brother, finally I talk him in to watch it. He calls me and goes, this is really good. And I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you that for years. It's about a plague. 
That's it. My last button's coming undone. It's a, it's a TV show and not a movie. I've, yes, there was a movie. That's what people get confused. Or like, or you saw the movie and were like, whatever. It is a sci-fi TV show. It is on Hulu and it's phenomenal. Okay. Okay. It's great. You like you? Do you like time travel and all that kind of stuff? Plague, time travel, battling against time itself. Yeah. I've check, been watching check, some check. Yes. Doctor Who lately. So yes, I guess. Oh, I do. it's way better than Doctor Who. Ooh. Yep. Wow. I said it. Okay. I don't care. I don't right. care. Fight me. Go watch it, and then you can tell me. I don't want to fight you. I think that the art and components are good. It is. It, there are a lot of components, as you said, Dean, uh, and a lot of cardboard bits. But the wood, the rats, um, and the plague cubes, they, they are cubes, but I don't really know what you want to do. Put, like, tumors on the board or something like that, which wasn't happening. Oh, at my that. goodness. But, There's no blood or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. of course, you'd want to probably just use a cube for that. Everything else was really good. But was the game fun? I mean, was it, did it live up to this hype that we were, you know, all excited about and couldn't wait to play it? Where was this on your list again? Number two, your number one. My number one, okay. So very high okay. for both of us. Um, yeah, so some things that I like about the game. I, I think it's there's a lot of really cool things. Taking the worker placement spots usually in worker placement games is so you're like when you take a spot you kind of know this is what I want to take now in this game it's mm-hmm. a little more challenging because you have to think I really want to take this spot one I want to take the action mm-hmm. or it's because I want the different person that's in this village but you might say ooh I really don't want to take that spot because I don't want to have to use my fire against the plague but if I don't then I'm going to get a rat yep. and I don't want that either and you might not have the fire because that's kind of hard to come by. So you might have to think, well, I'm just going to have to not take that action mm-hmm. because it's it's not going to be worth it in the end for me to do that, which I think is really interesting. And then on top of that, you have to think about, do I want to repopulate this? Now that you probably won't do that till a little bit later in the game, but okay, I really want to take this action. But if I repopulate this before John does, I can get points, like a lot of points right now. And if he takes a spot later, then I can get more points. And yep. All of those things are really interesting. In worker placement games, don't often offer that much uh, diversity and thought, and you know, and in, in, yeah. in how you're going to take the spots. That's right. And I didn't mention in the gameplay. I thought thought we would just talk about it. Is after the players are on the board in the city, the next round, they're going to move to the uh, subsequent hex. Or if you want to go more than one hex over, it's going to cost you a coin for every hex yes. extra. So I like Which that. I really like that about the game yeah. too. Like you know, and and I and I love tons of traditional worker placement games. But I thought that was a cool little thing, and it also kind of narrows down your choices. Even can especially if you don't have any coins, then you're like, mm, okay, this is all I can do. And you have three of them going at the same time, and so at least when I'm playing with Dean, I'm trying to get into his head to go, where is he going? Yes. Uh-huh. Because I could take this one here. I really need to go here. Or there are multiple times I, I went to a move I would rather have done before the other move, but I just knew he was probably going to take that spot. And he would say, yep, I was going to take that spot. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so that was cool. You know, you know what, what I like, um, and I know Dean probably loves this about the game is just the combo actions that can begin to happen. Uh, I like, and I have some concern as well, and I'll share that here in a minute, but like, as you're moving your overseer, you might move your overseer and get like two actions that you'd get to do. We get to do those two actions. And then those two actions are able to, you know, maybe you move up on a track a couple spots. Oh, now you get another lieutenant, which you can then put on your board, you know, like just different things like that. And like, as the game 
as at the beginning of the game, I felt like this game feels lighter of some of his stuff, mm-hmm. like on the lighter end. But as the game ramps up, I start to go, this feels like one of his heavier games yeah. because there's just more spaces come out. Messina actually grows as the game progresses. You have more workers probably as the game progresses. Um, citizens in your neighborhood as well. And like, as all these things are swirling around, like it can be like, I set off this to do this. It sets off this to do that, which, you know, I like when I'm doing it and I don't mean to be like boo on somebody, but I don't love it whenever someone has like a five (laughs) to 10 minute turn and I'm just sitting there, you know, going, uh, like I literally got up and went to the bathroom at one point in time, came back in and Dean was still like halfway through his turn because not only is it that you not only is that that the combinations are so heavy is that there's a lot of choices to make like it's like wow okay but then i get this action okay now which one do i want to do because if i do this one then i can set this off and if i do that one then i can do that and if i do that then i'll get the coins to get that and then i'll get that workshop then i can and so i think that that's the hard part is like the decision space is as the things blossom, there's a lot of choices to make and it kind of slows down gameplay later in the game. It definitely does. And you know that historically, I don't really love that. I don't love this thing triggers, this thing triggers, this thing. Yeah. This one, in my experience, it hasn't happened like every turn. It's, I might have one really, really big turn where like you're saying the overseer, I'm getting Mm -hmm. to, to use the overseer multiple times or, you know, being able to move up the track, which triggers this thing and at the right time. And, and, that didn't happen all the time, which is why I really was okay with it in this sure. game. And I might not be in it, in, you know, in, in other games. Teotihuacan is a good one that that comes to mm-hmm. mind where it happens so often it's hard for my brain to wrap around yeah. that. I feel like I had some breaks in this game. Moving up the track is interesting, and not only because you are potentially getting more points at the end of the game, mm-hmm. you're getting different things that you can do, unlocking workers, you know, unlocking actions that you can take, and all yeah. that. But on top of that, it also is going to determine, not always, but it's going to determine the first player, mm-hmm. if depending on where you are for certain rounds, which I think is really, that's a cool mechanism. Because it yeah. might be, if I'm up uh, higher on this track than you are, then I get to go first. Or it might be if I have more points than you, I'm going to get to go first or whatever. But that changes from round to round. And you need to be aware of that as best sure. you can. It might not completely change your strategy, but it could change your mind on a decision that you make. Like mm-hmm. I can move up on this track or this track, but if I move up on this track right now, I can go first next time. And first player in this game, it's not it's not like the end of the world because there's so many worker placement sure. spots that you can take. However, if there's one where you're like, I know John is going to want to take this spot, but I have an opportunity to take it before he does because it's it seems like an obvious choice to make yeah. as the first pick. I might shift my thinking so that I can go first and, and be able to take that spot first. Yes. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I, lo- I, I do like how first player works in this game. I think that's kind of cool. Oftentimes, it's just go to a spot or something. It's like every game, every round that's... Then again, it adds to the thinkiness. Of, right. Okay, right. I do. Let me think about this. You know, where do I want to, where do I want to be or whatever. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go. Oh, are you ready? To yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, super looking forward to the, was super looking forward to this game. Uh, love his, love many of his other games. In fact, um, I absolutely love Underwater Cities. I love Pulsar. Um, I really enjoyed Praga. I'd, I'd like to play that one more, uh, Praga more because I just haven't played as much. Uh, even recently got um, Last Will, which I thought was a fun little game, you know, that he did. 
So Shipyard was one of my least favorites of his, though I thought it was a fine game. You got rid um, of it before you even gave me a chance to play. I did. I did. Yeah, it's because I knew it was going to be one of those ones. What I had it for like a year, a year and a half. I don't think you had it that long. You had it for like two weeks. No. <laughs> I knew it was going to be one of those ones that he and I just talk about we're going to play, and we never would. <laughs> uh, so I eventually just said, you know, forget it. I'm just going to sell it. Um, yeah, so... As I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, at the beginning of the game, I was just loving it. Boom, 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 pow, pow, pow. Um, make a move, get these things, go here, and do a few things here or there. As the game progressed, I actually liked it less. Not that I didn't like it, but I, I think it's just old man John has gotten less into really heavy games. There it is. Like, it just, like, I, I, want to talk a little more and like, and I don't think it's really heavy, but I think it gets enough to where I don't think I'd want to play this at four. It would take forever to get back around to your turn. Sometimes some of them will be quick, like boom, I didn't really activate much or whatever, but there's a lot to think about. And I, I'm going to give it eight out of 10, mm-hmm. which is still a really good score. I definitely enjoyed this game. Um, I definitely, if Dean wants to play it, yeah, let's go play it right now. I would love to play it. So another really good game by um, Vladimir Suki, but I, but not one that I'm going personally going. I have to have this one. You know, I I would rather still play Underwater Cities and Pulsar of his games. Okay. Uh, by the way, this is also Raul Fernandez. Yeah, I know. We should have said that. Thank um, you. Who has done one other game, uh, but obviously the you know the more well known designer on the boxes is is, yeah. uh, is Vladimir. So. Yes, I. Wait, you said you would rather play Pulsar. You'd rather play um, underwater, underwater cities. cities. Mm-hmm. But out of that, then it's Messina's number three of maybe. Of I got to play Praga again. Actually, the way I rated it, I would probably put Praga in front of Messina at the moment. Okay, but I mean, we're talking about okay. we're talking about good games. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so if you're listening to the podcast, that's not like me pooing on it. Like, it's not like Gutenberg that I just didn't like. This is a good game. Yeah, I, I, I really. I mean, it's fun. Underwater Cities is a top 50 game for both of us, I believe. Mm-hmm. Praga, I'm wanting to Pulsar say... is too for me, I think. Praga for me was... If it wasn't a top 50, it was a it's bubble close. game. It was one that I really considered. In fact, yep. I play Praga on Yucata daily. I mean, I always have a game going of that on. Wow. I, I really, really like Praga a lot. So the things that I've already talked about, the worker placement in this is so cool I, mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say it because there's so many things that are going on that you have to think about yeah but the fact that it's narrowed down to not not fully like you like john said you can spend money to go anywhere you want on the board yep. but for the most part because coins are kind of hard to come by you might not want to do that until the end of the game mm-hmm. so you really are i'm going to take this spot or the surrounding spots so even though there's a lot to think about it's not really too overwhelming because it narrows it down for you. And I like that a lot. I just think that's so cool. Obviously, you know that I love going up on tracks. There is some, you know, some special, if you play the advanced version of this game, you know, ways of, of kind of setting yourself apart and Mm -hmm. you know, setting yourself down this path of going to this certain strategy. I don't always love negative things that happen to you like the plague in this game. However, you can really. I had fun fighting the plague. I was you can with it. really manage it well yeah. in this game and not get a lot of rats. And you're, you know, for the most part, I think unless you just really don't focus on it at all, but you get a benefit for doing that. And so, why would you not fight the sure. plague? You yeah. know, all of those things are really cool. I'm, I'm struggling with this one because I want to go crazy. I want to go bonkers on this one. And wow, give it a crazy high score. I'm going to give it an eight and a half for okay. now. 
I think it's probably more like a nine for me. I, I, I thought you would go. I thought you would go nine on this one. I think. I don't know if I like it better. I gave I gave Praga an eight and a half. I might like this better than Praga. Maybe. Maybe. It's really close. Closer right. than I thought it was going to because I play that game all the time and really, really love it. This one, it just really, really does it for me. Yeah, I'm 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 wanting to play this game anytime we can get it to the table. I'd like to play it at a higher player count too, but not really. I just want to do that once just to see what that would be like. But I mm-hmm. think playing this at two is totally fine. Sure. And it's not going to get too unwieldy with the time frame of yep. how long it's going to take you. So a really a really high eight and a five eight point five for me, eight for John. I want to talk about something real quick, okay, before we wrap this episode up. Okay. Two things. One is this is more of an announcement type thing. Uh-oh. We haven't talked about any cons or anything like that. We don't quite know what that's going to look like as far as cons go with us this year. However, Meeple Town is going to have representation at at Gen Con in oh, yep. the form mm-hmm. of Darren Frudenthal, who you all have known from from our trip last year. He's also, I mean, very active. We talk about him out here on uh, all the time. He and I play talk about games that we play. He lives in Indiana, um, but we also like a lot of the same games, um, Darren and I do. So anyway, he's going to be there representing Meeple Town, going to be checking things out and posting things and all that. So just be on the lookout for that. Second thing is, John, real quick, I want to go through this list. Our SN2021 list. Okay, sure. You're good. All right. So you want to go first since I don't have mine pulled up right now? Oh, I thought you were just going to read them off for me. So he, he wants to go back to just briefly mentioning these games that we... Uh, wanted to and just kind of, I guess, make a couple quick comments on them because I played most of them from last year and I wanted to have a little bit of a follow up. There's still well, a couple that I'm half play. of mine. Uh, okay. so Voidfall was number 10, still isn't out. I uh, haven't played it. Number nine, Tabanusi, did not like that one at all, really. That was a big disappointment for me. Um, Daniel Tassini game, it was a fine game, but it just doesn't stand out compared to his other ones. Astrum never hasn't come out. I'm still interested, intrigued by that one. Azul Queen's Garden, really like that one. It's a Wonderful Kingdom. I really like that one. I've still only played that one at one setting. I think I played two games of it, maybe. One or two games. Really liked it. Boone Lake, never played. I need to. I had a couple people tell me, <clears throat> eh, on it. And then, you know, I've had, I think, Johnny Packett talk about how much he liked it. So, ugh, I guess I need to play it. Stroganoff, never played it. Really want to. Botoku was my favorite game last year. I think Jonathan just picked up Stroganoff, if I remember Okay, right. good. Botoku was my favorite game last year. Messina was 8 out of 10, solid game. Gollum was really good. Um, so, okay, probably about 8.5. Mine, my list is Pink out of nine, order. I'd go to 8.5. You said no. you have mine in order, is that right? Yeah. You want to go through mine then? Since Sure. Okay. Uh, less is more, number 10. Yeah, I haven't played that one. It's a party game, but I really want to try that one. Old Tree. Old Trey, very <laughs> disappointed by that. I did not love that game. Oh, uh, 1923 Cotton Club. I did enjoy that. We got to play that at... That uh, was fun. Uh, last year in, in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed that one. Caesar! Caesar Rome in 20 minutes! Sorry, it has exclamation points. They had that one when we went to PAX last year, and I didn't get to play it, and I'm real bummed. I, I still want to try that one. It's yep. available now. That's right. It was, it was fun. I got whipped by Jonathan. Stroganoff, number six. You said you've played most of these... Oh, you have. Okay. Stroganoff? No. No. <laughs> uh, settlement? I don't even know. No, what I haven't is. played that one. Maybe half of them. Maybe okay. I'll play yeah. I think you were a little overzealous <laughs> on saying you've played all these. Uh, Witchstone. Love it. Yep. Uh, Gutenberg. Didn't love it. The Siege of Rundar. Love it. And Messina. 
Absolutely love it. So it is being, that your favorite out of all those games that I mentioned? Seems, that seems right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems like that's the the biggest hit so far. Um, okay, so that is going to do it for episode one oh five. John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. Yeah, if you're enjoying our podcast, we'd love for you to rate the podcast. Maybe you know, leave us a little comment there. I haven't checked it a while, Dean. Have you checked to see if there's anyone? Why don't you keep talking? And I'll do a little checky yeah, check. Yeah, do a little checky check. Um, rate us, all that kind of good stuff. Go to at Meeple Town Games if you want to check us out on the social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you could support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash MeepleTown. And we're at Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to Meeple Town. Okay, John, I have one from May. I don't know if we read this one or not, so I'll just go ahead and read this. This is uh, Haley, ABCD, wrote this one, said, it gave us five stars. I've recently well, found... Well, I really enjoy that. <laughs> I've recently found... I like Haley already. <laughs> <laughs> I've recently found Meeple Town and have been binging from the beginning. So far, oh. I've enjoyed the reviews and banter between the guys. I think Dean is my favorite. No, it's not what it says. N- not exactly in those words, but all of those words except the last sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>